Are you still not sure if you're a freak or a geek? Are you still a mall rat? Do you spend hours at night trying to do the time warp like your favorite Rocky Horror character? If so, you should check out Pensacon, the premier convention on the Gulf Coast. If you want to meet great guests like Michael Rooker, Jason Mewes, Jim Cummings, Nell Campbell, Peter Davidson, and many more, head out to the Pensacola Bay Center February 19th through the 21st. For ticket information, visit Pensacon.com. Pensacon, find your fandom. You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. Welcome to episode 93 of the Derek Diamond Experience podcast. Thank you so much for making this podcast part of your day. We've got a great show planned for you this week. And speaking of this week, there's a pretty big convention in town if you live in the Pensacola, Florida area. This weekend is the third annual Pensacon. It's going to be the 19th, 20th, and 21st at the Pensacola Bay Center. If you want to get tickets, check out Pensacon.com. And if you haven't gotten your tickets already, then you really need to because this is my favorite convention to go to. And I'm not just saying that because I live in Pensacola, but it's done really well. The staff is great. Guests are always very happy when they leave this convention. So if you're in the area, definitely check it out. You will not regret it. But I bring up Pensacon because our guest this week is going to be a guest at Pensacon. And her name is Claudia Wells. You may know her as the original Jennifer Parker in Back to the Future. She was Marty McFly's girlfriend. And it was a lot of fun getting to talk with her, not just about Pensacon, but, you know, growing up, wanting to be an actress. She knew from a very young age that she wanted to get into the acting business. And it's crazy to think about because some people I know who are my age or even older still aren't sure what they want to do with their life. So, Getting to talk with someone who knew what they wanted to do and relentlessly pursued it and even did some other cool things as well, like singing in the opera when she was a kid. Uh, She owns her own men's clothing store, Armani Wells. It's been in business for over 20 years. And of course, we talk about Back to the Future itself, her experiences on set, how she got the role, uh, why she wasn't in the sequels. And it was just an all-around really fun interview, and I can't wait to meet her this weekend in person. So hopefully you guys enjoy this interview, but before we get to that, I have a quick question for you. Are you looking for new original music? If so, you should check out Atomics, the brand new EP from my close friends, the Unicorn Wranglers, featuring the vocals of Joey Trincali. It has three tracks, including their single Tomorrow's Plan, which happens to be the theme song of this very podcast. This EP is unlike anything the Unicorn Wranglers have done before, so support local music and check out Atomics, which is available now on iTunes and Spotify for only $2.97. You can also follow the Unicorn Wranglers on social media, like them on Facebook, just search for the Unicorn Wranglers. You can also follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Wranglers. And finally, be sure to check out their website, theunicornwranglers.com. And without further ado, here is my conversation with Miss Claudia Wells. (laughs) 
Welcome back to the Derek Diamond Experience here with my very special guest this week. You may know her as Jennifer Parker from the original Back to the Future. I have Miss Claudia Wells on the line. Miss Wells, how's it going? Absolutely wonderful. How are you? Thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. And I, I'm doing fantastic as well. As we were saying uh, before we started, enjoying a, a nice Saturday. It, the weekends are always good, so can't really complain about that. That's absolutely – I like every day, though, because my store is open seven days a week. So um, every day is kind of its own special thing. I don't have an actual official weekend oh, other really? than Sundays for church. Sunday is always my, my day, un- unless I'm traveling. I got you. Yes, Sunday's the Sunday's the day of rest, so Yes that's a, it is. That's, that's a that's a good time to, to take a day off. I love it. Um I wanted to, to get started uh, by asking you this. Um what was it that originally made you want to get into acting? I have wanted to be an actress since I can remember. Literally when I was a toddler and I was watching Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers, I knew I wanted to be on television and acting. I just have always, I was born knowing my career choice. And in school, when I was a little girl, I used to look at my friends and think it was odd that they all didn't know their whole life already. Like they didn't all have a plan because I had a plan. <laughs> so everything I did as a child was in preparation for my plan of acting in terms of, I was at ACT for two years uh, in San Francisco when I was eight. Um, I, I sang and did principal children's roles in 10 operas at the San Francisco Grand Opera House from the age of 8 to 12. Talked my mom into moving from San Francisco to Los Angeles um, after I finished high school. So, no, 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 excuse me, after I finished elementary school so I could uh, do more acting. Um, so I moved to L.A. when I was just shy of 14 years old. And it's just, it was it's always been a passion and a dream and a way for me to express myself and be different people or different aspects of myself and get away with it. So you knew from a very early age what you wanted to do. Oh, completely. That that's fantastic because I, I know so many people who you know are in their mid twenties to late twenties who still have no idea what they want to do. So that's that's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, it's something I just always have known. Always, it was never a doubt. I'll tell you, my other career now having a men's clothing store for as of last month 24 years in the same location that was a complete surprise to me that I had no clue of until I actually did it but the acting was never a surprise for me I had no doubt and it never occurred to me that it wouldn't be uh, a hit like failure was never an option nor even a thought and that's really the best way to do any type of career if it's something that you absolutely want to do then you don't take no for an answer, and you know, like you said, failure is not an option. Right, exactly. Or even a, it was not even a thought, like in my head. No, that's that, that's that's good. That's really good because I, I I admire people who, you know, they know what they want to do and they go out and do it because that's that's something that you know I, I've had to learn myself is that no one's going to give you anything. You have to go out and earn it. Very true. And and uh, I used to be told by an opera singer friend, you can't just wish something. You've got to go do it. But I also truly give all credit to God for orchestrating my life in such a way that it did all work out so beautifully. Um, because there's no way I could have done that or calculated how to even go about doing that. Yeah, definitely. Mentioning uh, opera, 
what was it that made you want to do that? Because I actually saw an opera for the first time a couple of months ago. And oh I'm, wow! Yeah, and I'm I'm almost thirty, so. Which one did you see? Um, I don't remember the exact name of it. it it's a local uh, place we have here in uh, here in Pensacola. They did an opera at our uh, our baseball park, which is where I work. We okay, have a cool. we have a lot of off season events there, as mm-hmm. well. And we had uh, and we had a, like a full stage out in center field, and they had a you know full opera and everything. That's wonderful. Well, what happened was uh, my sister. San Francisco Grand Opera House is just one of the foremost opera houses in the world. And they went uh, to my sister's school asking for them to send the best singers in her school to go audition for a part. And my sister got it. And so I used to go to the rehearsals with her. And I looked at all of this and I thought, I want to do that. And I told them I wanted to do it. Because in my brain, if I had to sing in order to act, that's fine. So they actually cast me when I was eight years old in my first opera, which was in the spring. Um, and then they just kept casting me. And so I did adult, I did children's principal roles and I sang and I was in operas with Luciano Pavarotti and Madame Caballé and Placido Domingo, who's still a dear friend of mine as well as his son. Um, and it was, it was just a, a the opera house was my home away from home. I was so comfortable there and loved it so much. And then my sister and I also, um, she's, she's, you know, the singer in the family, but, uh, we were also founding members of the San Francisco girls chorus, which was an offshoot of the very successful San Francisco boys chorus. Cool. Very, yeah, very cool. Awesome. Yeah. No, that I, I envy people who can sing like that. Cause that, you know, seeing it for the first time a couple of months ago, I'm like, that takes, you know, talent oh. and some amazing lung capacity too <laughs> it's a it's a it's a just a, such a gift now we have to remember i was eight nine ten eleven and twelve i was not right an opera singer i was i was a kid who could sing right and right. i i had you know great opportunities and i just loved it so so much so my sister between the two of us we'd be in three or four operas every season and had a special calendar in the kitchen so my mom knew which rehearsals and dress rehearsals to take us each to that's awesome. Yeah, it was great. Uh, uh, transitioning back to acting, uh, another thing I wanted to ask you was, how did you get the role on uh, Back to the Future? Well, um, it was interesting because I had, you know, I'd already starred in six television series and several movies of the week and school break specials and a bunch. I probably did over 50 television jobs at that point. And I auditioned for an Amblin movie called Young Sherlock Holmes. And it got down to me. And I don't know whether it was one or two other girls. And I did not get it. Then I auditioned at Amblin again for Gremlins. And it got down to me and one or two other girls. Again, I didn't get it. Same story, same company. Almost got the lead in Goonies. It got down to me and one or two other girls. Didn't get it. So when my agent called me and said Amblin wanted me to come in and read for another role in another movie, I wasn't even nervous because they had not cast me so many times. It was like I knew there was no pressure on me. So I went in and my only audition at Amblin was with Steven Spielberg and Bob Zemeckis and Bob Gale and the casting people and um, Kathleen Kennedy and, you know, all the producers, Neil Canton. Um and I was in there for like two and a half hours 
doing the scene. My audition scene was the scene that Leah Thompson does in the car um, at the dance with when she's drinking and smoking with mm -hmm. Marty. That was, and I had no idea really what I was even auditioning for because I wasn't allowed to read the script. And the guy I auditioned with, it was his 11th callback for Marty. And he ended up getting the part of the drummer in, in the band scene. Oh, okay. And I just had so much fun. We, we read the scene a million times, and, and um, Stephen wanted us to just do it kind of in different ways. And then uh, most of, a lot of the time, Steven Spielberg was just talking to me and asking me questions. And um, at the beginning, he kicked out the cameraman because um, the whole thing was being filmed and said, I just can't be in a room with someone else behind the camera. So he kicked him out and then he was behind the camera. And he was asking me all of these questions. And I said, I'll tell you, but you can't tell my mom. And so he said, OK, I won't tell your mom. Um, I was innocent and I was I was just very innocent at the time. And then at the end, he goes, oh, oops, I didn't realize the whole thing was being recorded. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder I wonder if they still have that in one of the archives, that audition scene, cause, or, or two hours on film. Um, and then I got the part. It was just that simple. Then after I got the part, it turned out that a pilot I had done the previous spring called Off the Rack with Ed Asner and Eileen Brennan and Dennis Haysbert um, for ABC, it got picked up to be a series, which the series uh, filming time was supposed to be the same time as my role in Back to the Future. And because I, it was my first contractual obligation, I had to commit and, and I couldn't back out. They would not allow me to be shared with Amblin, um, even though we tried. So I actually had to forfeit my part as Jennifer and they recast it then I did the seven um, or eight shows of off the rack it was all it was fun it was Friday nights in front of a live audience uh, and that was during the filming with Eric Stoltz for back to the future and then he was let go I was available Marty Michael was hired the girl they replaced me with um, when I was unavailable, was let go. I was rehired, and I got to do my part. I had no idea about that. I mean, I knew the the Eric Stoltz thing, but I didn't know that you know you you were put back in as well. That's crazy. Yeah, and I and I was the original person that was cast because right. I've seen a lot on the on the internet that I was the second person. But just FYI, I was uh, not the second person cast. I was just cast twice. <laughs> <laughs> So it was completely meant to be. And if I look back on, on the movies I didn't get, even it's funny that um, they cast Elizabeth Shue when I wasn't able to do Back to the Future 2 and 3 because Adventures in Babysitting that she starred in was down to her and me and Phoebe Cates. It's just funny how the entertainment, we all just switch around and get different <laughs> roles. It's usually the same five girls that everything gets down to. It uh, is crazy how that works out. Mm. Uh, really crazy. So when the film was first released, uh, did you have any idea that it would be as big of a hit? And even still, you know, all these years later, it's, you know, such an iconic movie. Did you have I had any absolutely idea? no idea. In fact, nobody, sorry to interrupt you, nobody had any clue at all. I remember the premiere, July 3rd in Westwood. Um, and I remember that the movie was out in Westwood at the same theater for about nine months, which at the time was very unusual for a movie to stay that long. In fact, now 
it's still unusual. And I, but even still, I, I just continued on with acting and, and I really didn't realize the enormity of the film or the public love for it until maybe the last eight years because I've been hired so many times to do appearances all over the world and the fan love and kindness and loyalty worldwide for me in particular is because I'm the only one who has my own experience of it um, has just been extraordinary and a, a beautiful addition to my, my life. I'm emailing Bob Gale who wrote and produced the movie all the time, thanking him. Bob, I'm on my way to Tokyo. Thank you for casting me. Bob, I'm on my way to Santiago, Chile. Thank you for casting me. So we're buddies and I'm eternally profoundly grateful for the opportunities I'm given. It's just, it's mind, mind boggling and, and beautiful. Well, it was one of those movies that not just the time travel aspect, which was really cool, but it, the story in general, it, it was to me kind of relatable. And it's one of those things that, you know, it teaches kids that, Hey, your parents were, were kids at one point too. Mm -hmm. so. Very good point. Cause it's so easy to forget that they weren't born grownups. Exactly. And I remember uh, recently on Netflix, I watched a, a documentary that someone did. I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head, but it's called Back in Time. Oh, yeah. Jason Aaron and his partner, Lewis. One of the best documentaries I've seen. It was oh, really, really good. I'll tell them you said that. I'll text him right after we're done and tell them you said that. I think they did a phenomenal job. It was one of the, like, I'm I'm huge into the behind-the-scenes aspects of filmmaking and when i saw that that was being made i was like i can't wait to see that and then it was released on netflix and it was it was really really good oh i can't wait to tell them you said that i was so happy to be a part of it i was getting all of the documentaries mixed up with each other because i was in all of them there was one that was done in france and there was another one that was done with this amazing funny guy named uh, lee francis he played his I think his handle name is like Lemon something. He's a superstar in London with a comedy show or a couple comedy shows. And he just absolutely cracked me up. I still haven't seen that documentary because it was only released in Europe. But it's one to keep your eye out on because he's so funny. That's cool. I mean, so many people, you know, are whether it be Back to the Future or some other iconic movie, it's cool to see fans who grew up watching those do basically tributes yep to and that's what he like was that. he was a super fan of back to the future and his was a complete tribute to the film and um you know it's also beautiful how much people love it and each generation is like a whole brand new fan base because they love it so much i go to shows and do events and see you know five-year-olds dressed like marty <laughs> <laughs> and then their grandparents and everyone i the last show i did um there was a dad dressed like marty his wife was dressed like jennifer and their five-year-old was no that one their two-year-old was dressed like marty that's awesome it's magnificent i love it it's fun we all enjoy it and have fun and i really love meeting new people and the kindness for back to the future fans is above i think any love or loyalty or kindness of any other film because i have across the board had only the most beautiful experiences with with the fans from back to the future with one small exception um 
of a stalker. (laughs) (laughs) But other than him, (laughs) everyone has been beautiful. Uh, Fans, especially with something like that, can be extremely loyal. And I I imagine from someone who was a part of it, it, it's, it's really cool to see you know, people dressed up like your character or from another character from the movie. That's, oh. that's got to be a good feeling. It's so flattering. When I did the, um, um, what was it called? The We're Going Back. I, I went to Whittier High School where um, I did my uh, the Back to the Future school scene with Michael. And there was probably 23 girls dressed just like Jennifer. I looked at I said, you guys look more like Jennifer than I do. It was just amazing. That's from cool. all over the world. They'd flown in from all over the world. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I read uh, on – when I was doing my research, I read that uh, you took some time off uh, from acting. You took quite a bit of time off. Uh, this is kind of a two-part question. One, why did you take so much time off? And two, mm-hmm. what was it like going back to acting after being away from it for so long? Great questions. Okay, so for the first one, I originally took time off because my mom uh, had been diagnosed with lymphoma fourth stage. So when she was diagnosed, it was already at the last stage. That's why I didn't do Back to the Future 2 and 3, even though they were so wonderful to me and really wanted me. And the part actually was apparently much bigger, um, and then they switched it up. But I couldn't. I mean, it was just my mom and I, and I just couldn't. So that's why I originally left acting. And when I left acting, I always knew in my heart I would eventually go back to it, but at a different stage in my life. And then I haven't really pursued it, but I've always been open to it. And when roles have come to me, um, you know, they just find me through Facebook or at my store in Studio City and offer me different parts. I've done some of them. And I, it's always a personal test for me of, you know, like a three or four prong test. Number one, do I still like it? Is it still entirely fulfilling and, and, and rapturing for me? Number two, can I still act? Am I still really good? And then, um, I guess it's just a two part. (laughs) (laughs) And each time I have absolutely been entirely fulfilled, adored it. Um, I'm actually a stronger actress now than I've ever been because I have so much more life experience under my belt. I don't have to make any of it up because I've lived so much. Um, And it's completely fulfilling. I adore it. I still adore it. And I see that I think that um, it'll still be a big part of my life. My first priority is my store. I've had it for 24 years, Armani Wells. Um, in Studio City. However, because I've had my store for so long and I've got the same employee for 15 years, I have the freedom now to do traveling and do different jobs and still keep the integrity of my store going, which is what how I did it. I had a three-and-a-half-month world tour from August through December where really I was traveling the world back-to-back trips with very few L.A. days. And my store was doing just fine. So on my L.A. days, I did all the merchandising and buying. And then um, my employee was able to run it beautifully while I was gone. Now, what gave you the idea to start your clothing store? I can't actually take credit for that, though. It would be fun if I could. Um, 
I have a best friend who owned several women's resale shops, and he used to walk around his store and go, oh, I wish there was something like this for men. And I realized, you know, men don't have the opportunity to buy incredibly high-end designer clothing at amazingly low prices. And really, as a man, if you're going to wear a suit that feels, you know, it's the finest cut and tailoring, you're going to need to spend over $2,000 for that suit. And I thought, it's not fair that women have so many resale options and men have none. So I opened the store with him 24 years ago, and then I bought him out after six months, um, and I've had it ever since. And it's, it's um, gosh, my customers are so loyal, and once they start with me, they stay forever. I buy and I sell, but and it's everything from jeans to tuxedos, head to toe, casual to formal. There's nothing I don't have in my store. It's like a one-stop shop. However... I'm incredibly particular. So even though it's resale, most of my merchandise is brand new. It either has brand new tags still on it or it's been worn maybe once or twice by a superstar. And, of course, they can't wear it again once they've worn it and a picture has been taken of them. And it's only current style. It's not a vintage shop. It's If it's on Rodeo Drive right now in the stores or at Barney's in Beverly Hills, then it's also going to be at my store. But if it was sold three or four years ago, I don't have it in my store. So if I'm ever out in uh, in Studio City, I will definitely stop by the store. Because as a guy, I can say that there aren't as many options for stuff like that as there no. are for women. So. And the thing is, you'd have to go to so many different stores to handpick what you can find all in one store. And a lot of my clothing is from Europe, so it's not even necessarily been sold yet in the States. And I've got, you know, Gucci and Prada and Armani, Versace, Canali, Xenia, John Varvedos, everything. It's just amazing. I even have a lot of Tom Ford. Nice. Yeah. And we're open seven days a week. And the thing about our store is that uh, we style people. So you don't really have to have a sense of anything. All you have to do is walk in. We'll look at you and be able to dress you head to toe. It's just a gift I have, and it's a gift that my employee, Cece, has. And it just takes the effort out of it for a man. You can just walk in, be taken care of, be elevated, be given your dignity and respect. I think that all men have a birthright of respect and power, and not all men necessarily realize that or access it. So what we do is show them who they really are and who they can be. And that's probably... 70% of what I love about my store. Like I said, you've, you've sold me. So if I ever come out to LA, you've got an (laughs) extra customer. That's beautiful. Thank you. I appreciate that. We're all word of mouth. We don't advertise. So that's awesome. Oh, cool. That, that, uh, I think that's still the best way to advertise is just spread the word. I do too. And I hear like, I always ask people, you know, how'd you find out about my shop? And lately a lot of it's been from Yelp because my customers write reviews on Yelp. So it's interesting how people find me. And then I've got fans who fly in from all over the world and and come in. In a week, I'll, I'll, ne- I'll probably have maybe three or four different pe- groups of people that come in, you know, from all over the world because they found out Jennifer Parker has a store. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. No, that, that, that's that's really cool. And like I said, I'll definitely uh, I'd definitely be interested to, to see it. For sure, yeah. Because we we don't really have anything like that around here, at least not that you know I'm aware of. Well, I'm the only high-end designer resale clothing that's just for men anywhere in Los Angeles. Also, it's not a 
common thing. And then another passion of mine is my charity called Kids in the Spotlight. Um, I'm a founding board member of that, and we help foster kids in the L.A. area. We bring them a 10-week program and teach them, you know, their value and and, and working together and, and teach them how to write a script, how to act. And then at the end of 10 weeks, we film with professional cameramen and, and craft services and hair and makeup and professional directors and, and camera crews. We film the short story that these kids have written. And they star in it, and they do everything in it. And then once a year, we have an Oscar-type celebration for them where we give out awards, and we honor them, and we screen all their films. And, you know, we have posters and DVDs, and they even get accreditation from the Writers Guild. That's awesome. It's just amazing. I, I'm so pleased to be a part of it. That's such a, a cool concept. I, I've never heard of that before. That's so awesome. My girlfriend from church... Uh, came up with it in the middle of the night um, eight years ago, and that's how it all started. Wow, and you said it's called Kids in the Spotlight? Called Kids in the Spotlight, and you can find out about it online, kidsinthespotlight.org, or K-I-T-T, Kids in the Spot, K-I-T-S dot org. And my store is armaniwells.com if people want to find it online. I'm also on Facebook and Twitter. And um, for me, in terms of fan items or updates on my, my schedule and appearances and new Back to the Future news, um, it's ClaudiaWells.com. And it's cool. updated every single week. Very cool. And, I, and I'll also include uh, all of those in the, the episode description. When oh, I released, appreciate so. that. Thank oh, you very, very much. No worries. Uh, something I, I wanted to, to kind of go back to with your acting uh, mm -hmm. You had mentioned that you did a show that was filmed in front of a live studio audience. Several, yes. So I'm I'm just curious, how is that different than doing a film? Because, you know, with all the old classic sitcoms where, like, say it's Cheers and it says Cheers is being filmed in front of a live studio yes. audience. What is that experience like compared to a, a movie set? completely and utterly entirely different it's much more like a, um, a theater piece and you really pretty much only have one shot at it unless there's you know a flubbed line you'll do it again um and you you only you know you work one night a week and then during the week prior to that you're doing rehearsals with each other so you really you know it's it's the easiest gig in hollywood is what we used to say because it's banker's hours but it's really a fun opportunity to get to know the other cast members really well from hanging out every day and rehearsing. And then it's the fun of the live audience feedback. So if something works, you get laughter. If it's a thud, you don't. <laughs> so you get that immediate um, response. Sometimes when I've done films, someone accidentally will start laughing in the crew because something turns out so great. And, of course that take never can be used. Right. Um, but there's a huge, vast difference between television filming, whether it's in front of a live audience or just, you know, filming or a film. It's it. Television is a much faster paced gig. Mm -hmm. And in a film, I was so surprised when I did back to the future, because you do maybe half a page in a day. And I was used to doing 10 pages in a day. So it's just a very, very different animal but the acting is always the same everywhere as far as i'm concerned whether it's you know theater or film or television it's 
for me, my goal is always to be real and to really be the person I'm, I am in whatever that, whatever that is. As long as it's, I believe what I'm doing and I believe what other people are doing, it seems to work out really, really well. It sounds like a lot of fun filming in front of an audience. It is fun. It is fun. But honestly, for me, any filming is fun. I just love it. It's just something about um, how I was created. It just, it's, it's this similar fun that I have at my store dressing men and that, because it's a communication back and forth and you can uplift someone and make their life better so easily. Um, but it's sort of the same thing as acting. It, it fills the same juices in me in terms of the passion of creativity. Definitely. Now, did you go to uh, an acting school or is like, did you go to college for acting or is it one of those things that when you got right out of school, you just started doing auditions or like, how, how was it that you actually got into the acting business? Well, I was very young in terms of eight years old in, in the opera and an agent saw me and got in touch with my mom and wanted to represent me. So we went into the office and my first audition, I got the part for a national Volvo commercial. I think I was nine or 10 when they um, got in touch with me and it won a Clio, which is a real big deal for commercials. And then we flew to Los Angeles to do general meetings with different casting offices. And then I went back to San Francisco with my mom and Tony Howard, who was casting the TV series, um, family with James Broderick and Seda Thompson and Quinn Cummins and um, Christy McNichol. She was one of my general meetings and she wanted me to fly back to LA to audition. And I auditioned for her and then she came in to uh, my mom and I and she said, I need you to wait in another room, please, because Claudia got the part, but I still have to audition the rest of the girls. <laughs> <laughs> so we were flown back to L.A. and I did the episode and then went back to you know school and my life. At, I think I was 11 or 12 at that point. And they called me and flew me back to do another episode of the same show. And based on those experiences... And my doing other commercials, and I did a ton of modeling. I did everything I could think of acting-wise in San Francisco. And that's how I was able to convince my mom to move to Los Angeles when I was 13. So I could, because it, it was a break in between schools anyway. And that way I could really put my whole heart and effort and life into acting. Which, unbelievably, she listened to me and we moved our whole lives. And blessedly, it all worked out great. I didn't know it was hard. No one told me it's a tough business. So, I mean, I had an agent within a month of being in Los Angeles. I thought actors choose their agent. So we met with different agents and then I chose which one, which um, is not how it is supposed to work. <laughs> <laughs> so it was all just, um, and I worked really, really hard. It was, you know, my whole life was Acting. I, I had lunch yesterday with a girlfriend I haven't seen since high school, and she remembered that you know everyone was wanting to pursue acting at Beverly Hills High, and I was actually out there doing it, which I loved because I got to miss a bunch of school. And, <laughs> and well, that's always I, a plus. I took a lot of different classes while I was acting, um, but my instincts for acting is just what always carried me through. And then as far as college, I actually didn't go to college because I was already in the career that. I wanted for my life. I did do some nighttime courses at UCLA that I really enjoyed doing, um, but I kept getting acting jobs and not being able to finish the classes. 
I mean, if you're already doing the career you want, then, you know, I, I, I can completely understand why you didn't finish. Because, I mean, you're already doing what you want. Exactly. And and what's interesting is I'm I'm sort of the black sheep of the family as far as college is concerned, because unlike a lot of families, I'm the only non-college graduated um, kid in my family of all my siblings. There's nothing wrong with that. I, no, I, I, it worked I, out fine. I mean, I've got a business that's successful for 24 years and had my acting career and going back to acting, you know, now. So my dad's still very proud of me. Absolutely. Now, uh, do you have any uh, acting roles that you're you're currently pursuing or currently doing? Well, I've got um, there's we they need to come to me with the offer. But I've, there's a TV series that's going to happen this spring um, that they want me to have a lead role in. So that's in the works. And again, they came to me. Um, and then there's different movies that have asked me to, to participate in them. Um, but they haven't really come through yet. So I believe things when I actually am on set. So I get beautiful offers and, um, and I, and I'm pursuing, you know, I'm open to all of it, but for right now, the next job that seems pretty definite is the TV series. If that all works out. Awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely be uh, I'll definitely be following that because I'd be interested in checking it out. Oh, sure. yeah. And, and, you know, I, I pretty much, I post a lot of stuff on my Facebook fan page, which is um, Claudia Wells actress. And then again, on my ClaudiaWells.com, it, it'll always have the most updated information about my career and, and events and um, things like that. So people will know what's going on. Perfect. Uh, last thing I wanted to talk about is you actually have an appearance coming up this weekend in my area. You're going to be at Pensacon. I am, and I've been so excited about it. They booked me, I don't I don't know, maybe nine months ago for it. I love Florida. Um, I've never been to Pensacon. I've never done the, um, I mean, Pensacola, and I've never done the Pensacon show. So I'll be brand new for the fans there, and I love it. I also have two new shirt designs um, one's the clock tower shirt, which I'm going to bring. And the other one is <clears throat> this really cool black shirt with a, uh, back to the future scene on the front. So I'll be having my pictures and stuff to sign and doing photo ops with fans, but I'll also have the t-shirts with me, which people really like. I think that's really cool. Cause I, I'm a sucker for merchandise. <laughs> so I, I'll probably definitely be getting a shirt. So that, that's, oh, that's good. really cool. That's, that's something that I don't see a lot of guests do i mean you know everyone has the pictures and mm -hmm. everything but not too many people usually bring you know physical things like a shirt or something like that so that's really cool i love it and i really am proud of the shirts and they sell for pretty much the same price as pictures so it's a super great deal for people i'm definitely looking forward to it and uh in closing uh do you mind giving your uh website and social media uh oh, plugs again to. so uh okay, our so listeners can follow you Facebook fan page is facebook.com forward slash Claudia Wells actress on Twitter. I'm at the Claudia Wells on Instagram. I'm Claudia Wells, the numeral one. And, um, I also have at Armani Wells on Instagram and on Facebook, the fan page for my store. I think it's called Armani Wells official men's clothing page or something like that. But it's right there, and it's me. Perfect. Well, uh, in closing... Oh, I and 
ClaudiaWells.com, of course. All right, ClaudiaWells.com for sure. And uh, in closing, uh, I would just like to say uh, thank you very much for uh, taking the time to do the interview, and I look forward to meeting you at Pensacon. Oh, me too. Thank you, Derek. I look forward to meeting you this weekend. We're going to have a great time. My thanks again to Miss Claudia Wells for that fantastic interview. It was great getting to talk with her, and I can't wait to meet her in person at Pensacon. Be sure to follow her on Twitter and check out her website, ArmaniWells.com. Next week is a very exciting episode of the Derek Diamond Experience because I'm going to be moderating a couple of panels at the convention, and you're going to get to hear the audio from one of those next week as I talk with Austin St. John. You may know him as the original Red Power Ranger from the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers series, so you'll definitely want to check out that very special episode. But until then, you can check out past episodes of this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Just search for The Derek Diamond Experience. You can also follow me on social media. I'm on Facebook. Just search for The Derek Diamond Experience. You can follow the show on Twitter at DDE underscore podcast. And you can follow me personally on Twitter at Derek underscore diamond. And that's all I've got. So enjoy the rest of your week. Have a safe and fun weekend. Hopefully, if you're in the Pensacola area, you check out Pensacon. Thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode of The Derek Diamond Experience. I am your host, Derek Diamond. And we'll see you guys back here next Thursday. Listening to a Nerd Cave Network production.